This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Good morning and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Amazing lineup for you today. First up, Ren Carruthers, handicapper extraordinaire. Ren is poised to give us the 411 on all things Tampa Bay Downs this 2024 season, including today's running of the $250,000 Grade 3 Sam F. Davis Stakes, considered to be an important prep race for the Tampa Bay Derby, which is on March the 9th. You know, we love, love, love horses here on Ponies 24-7 and are in awe of the equine athletes who make up the RCMP's musical ride. Something rather new and exciting happened late last year. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police threw open the doors of its divestment program to Canadians from coast to coast to coast looking to adopt musical ride horses who have retired from active service. Sergeant Major Scott Williamson, the RCMP's musical ride riding master, will join us in moments to explain the expansion of this incredible adoption program. Always such a treat to welcome back to Ponies 24-7, top harness racing announcer Ken Middleton. When he speaks, we listen. <laughs> Lots to talk about today with the multi-talented Mr. Middleton, including what's new and exciting at Woodbine Mohawk Park. He's also educating us on the Bill Galvin Racing Alliance, an organization designed to create partnerships and programs that will promote and encourage growth within Ontario's harness racing industry. And finally, he's back. I'm thrilled. My co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a fabulous show. Please get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go into some heavy-duty action. When we come back, Larry Simpson will join us with our new show feature, In Case You Missed It, Ponies 24-7's recap of the week that was in horse racing news, sponsored by R. RS Bulk Propane. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. 
Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer, and this is my co-host, Larry Simpson, and our In Case You Missed It, a look at the week that was in horse racing news and sponsored by RS Bulk Propane. Larry, big, big night at the O'Briens last Saturday, and some winners who have been on the show, friend of the show, and will be a friend of the show. Yeah, there was really, I think you could say, no surprises in, in the winners. Uh, Sylvia Hanover, uh, who... Bob McClure was the regular driver, and Bob was on our show last week and spoke about Sylvia Hanover and, and what type of horse she is and that. The, well, she was expected to win the Horse of the Year, and, and she, she did. she did, yeah. And another a friend of the show, uh, James McDonald, was the Driver of the Year, and that was expected too. Um, one of the surprises was uh, Dr. Ian Moore, who was the trainer of the year. Interesting. I've not heard his name too often. Well, he's had uh, some good success uh, in with the Ontario Sire Stakes horses and the Stakes horses and that. And uh, another one that is a friend of the show is uh, and a good good friend of myself as well is uh, was Chris Lohman of uh, Woodbine's media department, who won one of the uh, media recognition awards. So uh, that was uh, kind of the the top uh, award winners, and I guess the the biggest story about that night was <laughs> a lot storm. of the people, a lot of the, <laughs> the storm, the snow, and you know uh, James McDonald didn't make it back in time to uh, drive on uh, on uh, Monday night because the snow was so bad trying to get out of Charlottetown. So, uh, yeah, other, other than that, it was a, a pretty good weekend. <laughs> so big big headlines when it came to the O'Briens, but then also huge headlines when it came to that record-breaking snowfall. But everybody's safe and sound, and, and congratulations to all of the winners. Thank you very much, Larry. And that's In Case You Missed It, sponsored by RS Bulk Propane on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian-owned and family-operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7 and our newest feature... Road Trip, our look at one of the headliner races this weekend and brought to you by Pineview Hyundai. This week's action takes us to Tampa Bay Downs and the Grade 3 Sam F. Davis Stakes, a prep for not only the Tampa Bay Derby, but also the Kentucky Derby the first Saturday in May. Larry. Well, Road Trip lands at Tampa Bay Downs in Oldsmar, Florida, and home today to the Grade 3 Sam F. Davis Stakes, named after an industrialist who in 1972 was named president of the Florida Downs and Turf Club. After working at making the track successful, Sam Davis retired as president in 1980, at which time the track was renamed Tampa Bay Downs. A Kentucky Derby points race, the scheduling of the Sam F. Davis also makes it a logical prep for the Grade 2 Tampa Bay Derby, which this year will be held on March 9th. Trainer Todd Pletcher has won the Sam F. Davis stakes seven times, including last year's edition, and jockey John Velasquez leads all jockeys with four victories. Today sees Todd Pletcher with two of the expected Sam Davis starters, with number two Tireless and number six Agate Road. The latter is already a grade two winner on the turf. 
Of course, today's Sam Davis is on the dirt at a mile and a sixteenth, and although this guy made a pretty good living as a two-year-old last year on the grass, he did race once on the dirt in his first lifetime start, which was actually a race taken off the turf, and Agate Road finished second beating a nose. The fact that today's race in, that is on the dirt I don't think is going to hurt this horse. Going turf to dirt is going to help, and of course trainer Todd Pletcher's record in the Sam F. Davis Stakes just makes number six Agate Road even more appealing today. Woohoo! That is... Road Trip brought to you by Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice. Pineview Hyundai, combining horses and horsepower. The Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred industry for over 35 years and as a provider of the official vehicle of the NHL. They want to invite you to score some huge deals when you visit their Pineview dealership and view the award-winning Hyundai lineup. Visit either store today, 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan or 180 Delta Park Boulevard in Brampton. For an appointment, call our Vaughan store at 905-851-2851 or Brampton at 905-791-2728 or visit us online at pineviewauto.com or pineviewwest.ca. We are the smart choice. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, and a huge, happy, hearty welcome to Ren Carruthers. Ren, you are a handicapper extraordinaire. You're a really good friend of the show. We appreciate this. And you're blazing trails for people like me, and I appreciate that. How are you? Welcome to the show, by the way. I, I don't even know how to follow that up. Thank you so much. Huge compliment. But no, I, I'm doing great. I mean, how exciting. We've got Festival Preview Day 44 coming up. We've got four really important stakes races on the card. Uh, of course, Kentucky Derby points as well as Kentucky Oaks points are on the line. We've got the Sun Coast for the girls. We've got the Sam F. Davis full field. A really exciting time to to be looking toward what we may see come that first uh, Saturday in May as well as the, the Friday, the first Friday. Well, let's uh, get right into that, uh, Ren. Talk about uh, today's card, in particular the uh, the Sam Davis stakes. Who do you think that goes through? Well, I mean, I think the the three. Well, one of the horses isn't so logical. Um, I think Agate Road is very interesting. I know there are some people who are saying that you know the horse is seven to two on the morning line. Um, and that, that's not an extraordinarily short price, but it's kind of short when you do have a horse switching surfaces. He's only been on the dirt once, um, and that was the debut. And I know it wasn't a big figure that he put up in that race. However, the argument I would make for him is that it was just his first race. That race was meant for the turf. Um, and there at Saratoga, that mile race was started from the shoot. And when he got out of the gate, he got out super wonky. He was going sideways and all this sort of crazy stuff was going on he spotted the field really gave them a head start and the pace was slow up front yet he came rolling and he got beat just a nose there on the wire in fact when you watch the race it looks like he wins in fact the camera guys apparently thought he had won as well because they kept the camera on him i think this is a horse who's been against greatest safe competition again as of late on turf but the pedigree says dirt that's right uh, you know quality road he that was a horse who he beat his own record that he had set in the florida derby when he later won the dawn handicap um the mom she won the grade one for that so i don't think this is one of those situations where it's silly to play this horse switching surfaces at a shorter price the morning line favorite change of command he certainly looks legitimate he's the three to one favorite 
on the uh, morning line. And what I would say about him, he's got blinkers going on. I read a quote from Shook McGahee, his trainer, saying the reason he is adding those blinkers is because he doesn't like the way he's been finishing his races. He uh, won by a neck last out when he felt that he should have really, uh, you know, crushed that day. Um, and this will just hopefully keep him more focused to finish the race. But a really nice horse coming out of some live races. But I think a long shot pick. Uh, and by the way, I should mention Todd Pletcher tra- trains Agate Road. If he should win, and he also has tireless in the race, if he should win, that would be his eighth win in the in the Sam F. Davis. Um, but another another trainer in here who's won the race before is Bill Mott, and he has the number twelve in the race. That's Elysian Meadows, fifteen to one on the morning line. He won this race, Candy Boy Rocket. He actually got the runner-up placing as well with Nova Rags. So he knows how to bring a horse in here. This one's only sprinted twice and against New York bred competition, but he is bred to go two turns, and he looks like a two-turn horse from what I see. So I think that's a horse with a lot of upside that could strike at a big price. How important, Ren, is it that we also are seeing Kentucky Derby points uh, through through this action? Definitely important. I mean, that you're going to get 20 points to the winner in this race, and we often see horses from this race then go try – to do the uh, the double with the Tampa Bay Derby, which is a big points race um, with 50 of the winner there. So I, I think it's a tremendously important event, and that's why you're seeing you know these big-name trainers bringing their best shots. We know the thoroughbred season is still in the early stages of the year, Ren, but uh, you know, has there been a performance, not necessarily at Tampa Bay, any place on, on any racetrack, is there, has there been an important, uh, performance that you just kind of said, wow, like, what a horse. What a, what a race. Well, Mage's little brother, Doorknock, I, I, I think that horse put in a really good performance in the Remsen. Unfortunately, one of the horses that really has wowed a lot of us is not uh, currently eligible to get in the Derby game. That's Nysos. It's still early, so mm-hmm. I want to see how the rest of, of these uh, three-year-olds shake out in these coming months. And those who did well last year in the 2023 season, are you seeing glimmers of, of success this even in the infancy of the 2024 season? Well, I mean, it is hard to go from your two-year-old season to your three-year-old season to pick up right where you left off. I know that a lot of people were disappointed that fierceness, um, you know, did not justify the favoritism in the uh, Holy Bull stakes there. Um, I don't think that you start tossing horses that don't just show up. But, I mean, I haven't – we're still so early. I haven't seen anybody necessarily pick up where they left off just yet. Um, I do think it will be interesting, for example, with the Suncoast stakes, turning attention to the Phillies, uh, we've got Life Talk. She is the three-to-five morning line favorite in the Sun Coast. And uh, she actually had finished fourth in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. And then she came back uh, in December and ran uh, in the grade two demoiselle, and she wired. Now, to be fair, we have to put it in context. I mean, she won by three and three-quarter lengths. Very impressive. It, it was over Muddy Sealed going. There was a bias that day for speed um, on the rail. And so, I mean, she had gotten out there and, obviously just went and lapped the horses. But I do think she's a legitimate talent. And she also, um, I, I would understand people want to try to beat her for me. She is by Gunrunner, and she's out of a Bernardini mare. That, to me, is like a fine wine-type pedigree. <laughs> so I, I think she's the type that is going to continue to progress here as a three-year-old. Well, let's move states for, for a minute, uh, Ren. Sure. Let, let's go from Florida to Michigan. I know Michigan uh, is is <laughs> very important to you, and yes. we basically spoke about this on the show last week that the last racetrack, the last live racetrack, Boo-hoo, closed yeah. last uh, yeah. last Saturday. So the Stannerbred track. Um, you know, 
I'd like to get your opinion about the fact that there is no live racing in Michigan oh. anymore. It's so depressing. It, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than I, I really wish that, you know, something that I grew up with that brought me so much joy that there was a community around. I mean, you knew everybody when you went to DRC, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just gone. And I, it, it's sad that there wasn't, uh, I, I don't know how else to put it, but uh, a more united force to ensure that in some way, shape, or form, life would still be breathed into that circuit. Um, uh, but, I mean, I just still have so many great memories there. I mean, we at DRC itself, uh, I mean, I never, to be honest, never got out to the, the harness uh, racing in Michigan. But um, at, at DRC, you know, we had Sam McKee when I was growing up as our track announcer. And he, for me, was like the voice of home. And I remember when he passed away, I just erupted into tears because mm-hmm. there was a comfort in that voice, right? Um, we saw great performances there, like Bo Genius in the Michigan Mile and an Eighth. I mean, that, it, it's so many, so many of my best childhood memories were right there so at who, DRC. So no, it, it's very sad. So who do you point the finger at? Like, whose fault is it? Is it the horsemen? Is it the government? Is it the, the state? Who? Gosh, I mean, culpability, it's hard. I, I, I don't feel like I am in any position to lay blame at anyone's foot because I've been so focused on other circuits since having, I mean, I haven't lived in Michigan for many years now, so I couldn't really tell you. But I, I, the only thing I can say is that if there's a will, there's a way. And I guess there just wasn't enough of a will, um, with, at least with the people who may have been able to affect what needed to happen to keep it going. Well, you answered that beautifully, by the way. <laughs> You should be a. Pl- I just should, don't want to blame you should, anybody. You should be a diplomat. You should be a diplomat. But, but, yeah, that, right. Yeah. But but it but it begs the question. You know, talking about you, how did you get into the handicapping business? Well, I was. I, I think I probably like dropped this line already on your show before. But I mean, when I was growing up, I was on my mom's hip at the track. They were already <laughs> riding horses before I was even born. I grew up on a thoroughbred farm. For me, I never got into the celebrity, the you know, pop charts or anything like that. For me, the celebrities were horses and the the stars in their pedigrees. I, I was such a geek about all of that. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I always loved it from that aspect, but just being there and having the form and you crack it open, that scent of the paper and the ink and all of that, I was already handicapping as a kid and, and picking at horses. And I remember, I actually have a really vivid memory and I don't blame her, but my aunt, we were all at the track with, with my parents and my aunt was there. And I was trying to explain to her why a horse she liked was not going to win. <laughs> and, I, and I remember her just saying, we're just here to have fun. <laughs> and as I recall, I was right. I gave her the winner, but she didn't take it. Isn't that interesting? So those are the early sparks from you. I have a really bad perfectionist complex. And so I hate being wrong. Um, and we're so often wrong in handicapping, right? Because these horses aren't machines. Um, and there's only so much that we can put into how we're calculating what we think is going to happen. At the end of the day, these are living, breathing, sentient animals and all that, you know, they could be having a bad day mentally. They could have a bad start, all of this. At the same time, I hate being wrong. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, when you were getting into the handicapping side in that, uh, you mentioned that you were reading a racing form, kind of like myself at an early age in that. But was there a handicapper at the time that maybe you used to follow and maybe considered a bit of a mentor? 
when you're a little kid, you know, I wasn't necessarily, we didn't have the same type of, you know, media that we have now where it's more widespread. I mean, for me, I would like do my handicapping and then I'd open up the program and, you know, you always see the, the track, you know, down there at the bottom saying, you know, what the top three picks are there in the program based on, you know, the sweep and, and, and you know, the railbird and everything else. So that was basically just my comparison. When you get a little older and when the buyer figures were becoming more prolific, of course, Andy Buyer um, is just uh, a colossus in the sport in terms of, you know, figuring out where horses fit. And so I, I give so much credit to him. In, in all the work he has put forth and that, you know, these buyers, I'm still a buyer's girl to this day. There are so many different figures that have come out since, and I respect them as well. But at the end of the day, I, I go to my buyers. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to ask you this, and you've touched on this, you know, from reading forms as a, as a much younger person, you're still young, but today yeah. we have technology at our fingertips and some, you know, some of it is very useful and some of it can be a little bit detrimental. Is your technique different? Have you changed your technique in terms of handicapping today? I would say uh, to a degree, yes, because um, what we did not have back then, and it, which makes it so easy and comprehensive, is I use a, a, a complete transparency. What I use when I handicap is formulator, DRF formulator, because everything there is at your fingertips. So if I want to go and I want to pull up a chart and see how a horse did, uh, or how horses did out of a, a race that a horse I'm looking at is entered, you know, and I can figure out, okay, well, what did he beat here? And then I can really go and I, I can take it back and say, oh, okay, well, he won impressively, but he didn't beat anything. Um, and now he's taking on much tougher. Or, wow, he beat a group and there were three next out winners from that race and they won at a higher level out of this one. You have the replays right there for you. If there was one bit of advice I would give the handicappers today, almost more than even the figures they're looking at, Watch your replays because there's so much in there. There's so much nuance. There, there, there have been price horses where I'm like, gosh, you know, they this horse just did not get a chance to run its race because he got ping ponged out of the gate. Couldn't even get into stride until you know about a half furlong in, right? Um, and the other thing I would also say is don't just because in this ties into watching the replays. Don't just rely upon what says there in the comment line because incidences are so often missed in the comment lines. And I'm not, you know, bagging on anybody or anything like that, but it's just true. I mean, there's only so much that somebody can give attention to, you know, given any race. I mean, you know, especially when you have big fields and whatnot, but uh, there have been so many instances in which, you know, it'll say something like, oh, you know, horse uh, ran three wide, tired in the stretch. But then you go back and you watch it, and the horse basically broncoed out of the gate, got bumped sideways, and, and then tried to make a run, but flattened out at that point. So watch replays. You've accomplished a lot in your career so far. Is there anything that you haven't that you still want to? Oh, gosh. I, you know what? I just take it as it comes. I, there, there's not one goal because I find that once I'm actually doing something that I feel like, wow, this would have been a goal if I even had envisioned that I'd be doing it, right? I would just say right now I'm just so very happy. I feel very blessed to be doing all of the various work I do within the industry. Um, one of my favorite things, of course, is working here for Tampa and working for the Breeders' Cup. Um, I remember growing up as a, as a young girl there on the farm, and we would get the nomination letters from the Breeders' Cup, you know, in the folder board. And there is there's the logo there of that, uh, you know, the, the head and of the, you know, the, the you know the Breeders' Cup logo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I just remember 
there's always that feeling of hope when you see that and expectation and the word championships. And um, I know it was inaugurated after, you know, many years. Well, I wouldn't say many years after I was born, but after I was born. But still, it just feels like it's always been there. So um, right now, like I said, I'm happy with what I'm doing. I would be blessed to get more. I'm always looking to, to expand and and when I, I get, things get a little bit slow after Tampa wraps. Uh, but, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I can't tell you any one thing. Well, great answer. Yeah. <laughs> you are a breath of fresh air. Yeah. You really are, Ren. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, thank you. Okay. Thanks for doing this, Ren, and, and good luck today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to it. Well, maybe we'll see our Derby winner and our Oaks winner. Oh, that's exciting. Thank you. Happy trails, Ren. Thank you so much. When we come back, the RCMP's Riding Master, Sergeant Major Scott Williamson, joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HBIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HBIBet.com to join for free today. Pineview Hyundai, combining horses and horsepower. The Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred industry for over 35 years and as a provider of the official vehicle of the NHL. They want to invite you to score some huge deals when you visit their Pineview dealership and view the award-winning Hyundai lineup. Visit either store today, 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan or 180 Delta Park Boulevard in Brampton. For an appointment, call our Vaughn store at 905-851-2851 or Brampton at 905-791-2728. Or visit us online at pineviewauto.com or pineviewwest.ca. We are the smart choice. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standardbred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We are pleased to be joined today by the RCMP's Sergeant Major Scott Williamson. He is the riding master for the RCMP's musical ride, and just this past December, the RCMP opened a divestment program which would allow the general public, folks just like us, to have the opportunity to adopt one of their retired horses. Sergeant Major Williamson, welcome to the show for the first time and not for the last. <laughs> And thank you so much for having me on the show today. It is certainly a pleasure to be here. Well, thanks for doing this, uh, Scott. Uh, I want to talk first about the divestment program because 
apparently it only lasted a day or so because there was so much uh, positive reaction. Eh? Yeah, it really took us uh, off guard. I mean, you know, we certainly know that our horses are special. We feel it every time we tour across Canada with the outpouring of support that we re- we receive that people certainly hold our horses in high regard. But even we didn't expect the amount of attention and the desire to have one of our horses. So we, we to be quite frank, we weren't prepared for it. So we had to... Uh, hit the pause button temporarily because we were uh, overcome with so many applicants and uh, we wanted to make sure we got this process right. And Scott, why do you think so many people were so very interested in this and and seeing this as an opportunity of a lifetime? When Canadians look at the musical ride, they feel a sense of ownership in it as well. You know, certainly we're the ones that get to put on the fancy uniforms and, and represent the RCMP every day, but at the end of the day, the musical riot is, is Canada. It represents every mm-hmm. single Canadian. So whether we're leading the Queen's funeral or, or doing a show um, you know, in, in the middle of uh, the prairies, we are representing uh, what Canada is. So I'd like to think that that is part of it, is that when people see an opportunity to um, own one of our horses, that they already feel that sense of ownership and who and what the musical ride is. And I mean, of course, we, we breed amazing horses as well. So I think all that came together when we offered up this opportunity to divest horses. And if somebody uh, went to the, the program and, and they adopted one, what was the criteria that they had to meet? The big part is you have to be Canadian and you have to have experience with horses. You have to have an understanding of horses. You have to have the resources in place to ensure that the horses are going to be going to good homes. And um, we are going to be doing an extensive check to ensure that when the horse does depart from us, that they're going to be going to the proper home. So, Scott, let's talk numbers. Uh, How many horses are up for adoption or have been adopted? And at what stage are you with the vetting of potential adopters? So that's a great question. When this um, came open, we had one horse for sure that we knew was ready to be divested. But as, as you folks well know, horses and the state of horses, it ebbs and flows all the time. So, uh, you know, I think we're already at uh, basically two months since um, this went live. And we're, in fact, actually having a meeting right after I do this interview to um, reevaluate again where the horses are at and what horses we have available to divest. So it is a a ebb and flowing thing that we're looking at every day based on the status of the horse. But as it stands right now, we are still at one horse. But I think probably after today, we're going to have uh, potentially a few more. And how do you decide when it's time to retire these horses? That's a great question. So th- I think it's important we talk about kind of the life cycle of what a musical ride uh, life is. So of course, we breed all of our own horses. So Once they're bred and trained and they meet the uh, strict requirement to be on the musical ride, they will then move over to the musical ride where they will tour. And, you know, and that will all depend. Every horse, like us as as people, they they all um, um, mature differently, physically break down or don't break down uh, differently. Um, But once we retire them from the musical ride, then we retire them over to what we call the equitation training section. 
And then these are all the former musical ride horses that we use now to train all of the new riders that are trying out for the musical ride that when they do make the musical ride, then they undergo their seven months of training, equitation training. So that's, that's these horses that we're drawing from are typically going to be coming from there. And then, you know, the natural life cycle of the horse is then they can no longer um, participate in, in the functions that we, we require them to participate on a day-to-day basis. So that is at, it's at that time that we're going to look at them and say, okay, I think it's time to divest in them because they're no longer serviceable to what uh, we require of them, but they still have a lot of gr- greatness to give to, mm-hmm. uh, to the public. And what happened to those horses before you started this divestment program and you opened it up to the general public? What, what, what would have been the typical transfer from, from musical ride life to training life to training other musical ride horses to, to a life, whatever that would be, before you opened this up to the public? Yeah, that, again, great question. And typically they just ended up living their life here and then we would use them on a very sporadic basis. We'd we would really con- have to um, diligently control the way in which um, we we, uh, we uh, rode them and or had them participate in different events. And um, you know because you know, the unfortunate reality was uh, the government looks looked important to to say that looked at horses as any other asset. So they looked at a horse no different than a chair, than a, a table, and, um, you know, and that's not the reality, and that's not in the best interest of the horse. The reality is a horse may no longer be serviceable to us. We needed a, to find a way in which we could expedite the process to find them a good home, as opposed to just sitting here at our stable in Ottawa and not really having a whole lot of function. So. Um, that, that's typically what would end up happening. They would just stay here in Ottawa and live their, the rest of their life out. Oh, that makes my heart sing to hear that this, you know, that, that, that what you're trying to do by opening this up to the public is to give them a great next step in their lives. You hit the nail on the head. So when this conversation started to happen for us a few years ago, it was exactly under that premise. We, we looked at it and said, there's got to be a better way that is in the best interest of the horse. And, and as we do everything here, everything is built around that exact question. What is in the best interest of the horse? And when we tackled this, and, uh, you know, of course, nothing is ever simple um, when we're dealing with an asset and other government agencies, et cetera. But we knew that this was an important piece that we needed to tackle so that we could find another opportunity for our horses um, to to go on and live a better life. Now, we have had in place as well where we could donate horses to registered charities. So that 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 was allowable within the government rules, and, and it was something that we have been doing for quite a few years. But even that process wasn't, um, I guess, as, as simple as what this process should be now moving forward. So, Scott, is there a particular breed that these horses are? And also, do you have a, uh, a breeding program in place to, you know, to populate the, uh, the RCMP? 
We do. So we've had our own breeding program since 1938, and uh, the history behind that is it was actually in 1937 our assistant commissioner attended the coronation of King George, and uh, the RCMP, of course, was becoming more and more mechanized, and they were using horses strictly for ceremonial purposes. And when the assistant commissioner attended the coronation and he saw the household cavalry with their red tunics on black horses, in 1938, he became our commissioner, and the very first thing he did is he said, from this day on, I want all of the horses to be black. So at that time, we recognized, okay, getting black horses to the size, the temperament, and the quality of horse that we're looking for, we're going to have to set up our own breeding program. So we've been breeding our own horses since 1938, and we've fluctuated between breeds, um, but currently today... We breed registered Hanoverians, so mm-hmm. warm-blood German Hanoverians, and uh, they are a horse that certainly meets um, everything that we're, we're looking for. And where does the breeding take place? So we have a breeding farm just outside of Ottawa here, about 45 minutes west in Pakenham, where we've got about 600 acres. Um, we've got approximately 15 broodmares, three stallions, and then uh, horses everywhere from uh, newborn all the way up to three-year-old. And obviously the RCMP's musical ride has a special connection with horse racing because uh, the last couple of years you've been at uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park, correct? Yes, we have, yeah, and it's it's a fabulous uh, facility to show at. We want to know more about what it takes to be a member of the musical ride and, and I'm going to talk to you about that what it takes for a human <laughs> but what what do you look what what do you look for in a horse what do they have to show you to, that they've got in order to to make the cut oh that that's an excellent question so you know uh, the first and, and obvious uh, piece to everybody is the color so they have to be black or what we really call workable black so many of our horses are in fact uh, dark dark bays they look very black uh, so that that is the most obvious size all the horses have to be between 16 point uh, 16 and 17.2 hands in height and they have to have very good temperament. So these are the, the main criteria that we are looking for in when we're breeding a horse. So the horses, once they're bred, they live their life out at the breeding farm until the age of three. And then at the age of three, they'll come to Ottawa, where they will undergo their training process. And as you could imagine, like everything in the RCMP, it's very structured and very well organized. So we have a very structured and well-organized um, training phase that the horses will will start to be introduced to. So for the ver- first seven months of their training, it's it's mainly introductory. So we're introducing, you know, equipment. We're introducing them to different um, areas within the barn. We're introducing them to new riders, and then we're slowly, depending on the horse, of course, we're slowly starting to get on their back and do very, very introductory introductory uh, type of stuff. At the end of that seven months, we then send them back to the breeding farm for five months to just decompress and be a horse again. We just let them go out there, live the life of, of, a, of a feral horse, essentially. Mm-hmm. Then at the end of that, then we bring them back to Ottawa, and that's where they'll really undergo the final two years of their training, and that's when we'll, we'll really look at the preparation and get them to the musical ride. Typically, 
Um, other than color, of course, the they're typically weeded out based on temperament. So imagine 95% of our riders, they have never touched a horse a day in their life. So they're certainly not world-class equestrians by the time we're finished training them. So although the horses are still quite young, they're at the age of six when they get introduced to the musical ride, we essentially want them to have a temperament of a uh, of a schoolmaster horse. So that's the temperament is a really important piece. There's obviously a human element with the, as you mentioned, the riders. What's the training for them? How do they get uh, to the state that they're part of the musical ride? So every um, member on the musical ride, they're all RCMP officers. So they would have had to have a minimum of two years active duty service posted somewhere in Canada. Then they will apply to come on the musical ride, and if they get released, they will come on a five-week tryout course. And in fact, we just finished our second tryout course yesterday. And uh, if they're successful at that, and typically the only 40 to 50% of the applicants are, are successful at the end of the uh, five weeks, but if they are successful and they come back, then they're going to come back for seven months of uh, more advanced equitation training. If they're successful after that seven months of equitation training, then they go to the musical ride where, where they will undergo four months of musical ride-specific training. So you're looking at about a year's of, in, of uh, investment of time and energy into each and every rider before they'll ever don the red surge on uh, horseback. I have two quick questions for you, Sergeant Major Scott Williamson, riding master for the RCMP's musical ride. Do you love your job? That's question one. I absolutely love this job. So when I left the farm in Saskatchewan in uh, 2000 to join the RCMP, I, I didn't expect to ever join the musical ride. Obviously, I love horses, grew up around them. But I joined to be a Mountie. I joined to be a police officer. And then this opportunity came, and I know you folks probably well understand, uh, horses are just in our blood. And this opportunity came up, and uh, I've been here for a total of 14 years out of my 25 years of service, and I love (laughs) every second of this job. And the opportunities that it's given me, um, you know, for a small town farm boy from Saskatchewan. I never would have uh, believed it. Quick second question. How can people find out more about this divestment program? So they can go to the RCMP website at www.rcmp-grc.com. And in there, you'll find a link and uh, just continue to keep your eye on it as it uh, there's a potential of it always opening up at uh, spontaneous times. Well, Scott, thanks for doing this. And uh, we're going to have to have you back on again. Larry, it was a pleasure, and I would always be happy to. We're glad to hear that. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, and all the best to you folks. After the break, when we come back, Woodbine Mohawk Park track announcer Ken Middleton joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian owned and family operated. 
With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HBIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HBIBet.com to join for free today. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. This man is a great friend of our show. Woodbine Mohawk Park track announcer Ken Middleton. The last time he was with us, he was recuperating from a pretty serious training accident. It kept him away from the announcing booth, but he's back on this show and he's back in the booth and maybe back in action. Let's find out. We are heading to uh, Ken right now. How are you feeling and where exactly are you, Ken Middleton? My training center in Cambridge, Ontario, where I have my racehorses. I'm doing well. Uh, I actually made a a pretty significant uh, improvement just before Christmas, uh, thanks to uh, the great advice of a neurologist that I visited for um, a test, and he recommended that I actually increase some of the medication that I was taking. So I was headed in the right path originally, but it was the tweaking by that neurologist with the medicine that really seemed to help me out. So what was it like for you, Ken, getting back into the announcer's booth? Was there some butterflies there? No, I never really had butterflies. It was... Um, kind of anxious excitement, uh, you know, driving in the parking lot. I, I had done that before, uh, but it was different this time because I knew I was going into work in a different role. So, you know, it was funny when I got out of my car, it was kind of a, okay, here we go. The first night, I just didn't want to be inundated with a lot of questions from people because I just wanted to focus on getting through the night and doing my job. So I just kind of took the back door and snuck upstairs kind of thing. Uh, you know, I did a little quick hit on television that night just because it was it was the right thing to do. Um, and, uh, you know, once I got upstairs, it was business as usual. It came back very quickly. In fact, you know, kind of right away. Had all the basics, just needed to, you know, fine-tune the engine a little bit, that's mm. all. And nice to be back in the saddle again, so to speak. <laughs> as you look back at what happened and you look back at the recovery, how do you frame that now? How do, how do you feel when you think about what happened to you and how hard it was to recover? It was just unfortunate. It was unforeseeable. It was uh, very unexpected. It just goes to show that that can happen. But it can happen when you play hockey. It can happen when you play football. You know, accidents happen, and that was the case. So um, as far as the recovery, it was um, it was arduous because there was a lot of nerve pain involved. So it wasn't just, you know, the healing from the actual surgery. It was also the byproduct of the pain that I was feeling in my arms. And that was the biggest that was the biggest thing that I really had to overcome. And I had a lot of people who've experienced similar situations or injuries when it involved nerve pain. And it's a different kind of healing because it is, it's glacially slow. Like it's really hard. And I continue to heal from it even today, but thanks to, uh, like I said, the recommendation of a medicinal approach from the neurologist that I, 
visited. Um, I'm headed in the right direction. So we've got the pain under control where it's tolerable because for a long time it wasn't tolerable. You know, I'd go home and I'd lay on my couch and just try and rest, but the pain was just, it just would not go away. It was debilitating. So oh. thankfully that's, that's gone and I'm headed in the right direction now. Well, Ken, I want to change the subject now and talk about uh, something, I guess you'd say positive, uh, the Bill Galvin Racing Alliance. Uh, Bill was my first boss when I became part of this uh, harness racing industry, and, and uh, I know you had a special relationship with Bill as well. Uh, talk about Bill the person, and also, for our new listeners, the Bill Galvin Racing Alliance, what it's all about. He played a key role. Um, in public relations and marketing, and he just loved harness racing, and he wanted other people to fall in love with it, you know, maybe for the same reasons that he did. He, he experienced every every possible sector of, of racing and stuff like that, and he loved it dearly. So um, I always admired that from Bill because he always tried to trumpet the greatness of our sport to people that knew little about it. And sometimes it's difficult because there's a lot of moving parts harness racing but one thing that one component that the sport has that every single person on the planet can admire and love is the greatness of the horse they're very easy to fall in love with because they're such caring beautiful magnificent animals that's what i admire and love about it i love my job at night but i also love getting out to the barn in the morning because it helps me decompress and uh you know take my mind off things that are maybe bothering me because the horse is just, it's almost like hitting the reset button every day mm-hmm. when I come and, and have the chance to spend time with them. So that, that's something common uh, that Bill and I had, and, and that's why we forged such a, such a great relationship. Bill was just a magnificent fellow at everything he did, even outside of harness racing. If Bill did something, he was all in. He, he always made sure he uh, gave it his absolute best. So that's really what I admired about Bill. And what is the purpose of the Bill Galvin Racing Alliance, Ken? A group of people got together and felt it was important to, uh, you know, try and keep that legacy uh, of Bill alive in the sense that he tried to take our game to people who who knew nothing or little about it. Um, He also admired... involving harness racing with younger people too because whether it's harness racing or people that are uh, doing horseback riding or showing or jumping or something like that there's a number of different sectors involved in being involved with horses so he was good at taking that to schools and uh getting it in the in the mainstream media and stuff like that and he did a great job at it so we just want to kind of take the sport to the general public and what's your role in it well, unfortunately, my role last year uh, was sidetracked because of what happened. I, I had a hard time really doing a lot of anything, but um, I tried to correspond with the people and stuff like that, and uh, I did what I could last year. So basically what I'm trying to do now um, is, uh, you know, we brainstorm collectively as a group about things that we can do, how we can do it better, and different things that we we can do to... Uh, get the word out about racing so again they continued with a number of scholastic things such as uh writing contests uh getting children to submit videos that involve their interactions with horses and stuff like that and they had a contest so they had uh fundraising to give away prizes to these uh children so there's an incentive for them to uh you know get involved that way and we had a, a big night at Mohawk. So those children brought their families and their friends. And so we not only introduced those a small group of uh, 
children to the sport, but they also brought their family and their friends and their grandpa and their grandmother. And so mm-hmm. we had an opportunity, therefore, to, you know, introduce those people to uh, a night of the races and to go to the paddock and to see all the moving parts that are involved with getting horses ready to race and everything that goes involved in the caretaking of them. And we also had a, a virtual uh, a virtual driving uh, station set up where they had um, a big plastic horse and they hooked a race bike up to it and then they had the virtual rally goggles and you got to sit in the race bike and you actually felt like you were driving in a race, uh, which was very, very popular, not only at the racetracks, but they went to a number of other racetracks in Ontario. And I understand there's a few new initiatives set up for the province this year and i i read someplace too that the the alliance is looking for volunteers is that true and if, if so how do how do people volunteer who, who do they contact yeah for sure we always want to get uh you know as many people as we can uh there's obviously uh a certain amount of labor involved in taking these events to different tracks and what have you so um people can visit the website uh they can also contact uh the people involved in the uh, the directors of the alliance, uh, there's there's an email, obviously, that they can uh, reach out to on the website as well. Uh, social media, we try and get the word out, so there's there's lots of ways. Standard Canada helps us advertise and get the word out as well. Well, Ken, appreciate you coming on today and talking about the alliance and, and talking about your yourself as well and, and, and your health and that. Glad everything is, is great on the health side for you and... Uh, Here's to uh, many more calls in the race booth for you. Thanks for the opportunity, first of all, and uh, uh, thanks for the support and the, and the well wishes and the kindness, Larry and Anne. I appreciate that very much. We think you're terrific, and when you speak, we listen. That's for sure, Ken Middleton. Thank you so very much. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great day. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park and, of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So please make sure your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime. Stay with us for Lucky Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Pineview Hyundai, combining horses and horsepower. 
The Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred industry for over 35 years and as a provider of the official vehicle of the NHL. They want to invite you to score some huge deals when you visit their Pineview dealership and view the award-winning Hyundai lineup. Visit either store today, 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan or 180 Delta Park Boulevard in Brampton. For an appointment, call our Vaughan store at 905-851-2851 or Brampton at 905-791-2728 or visit us online at pineviewauto.com or pineviewwest.ca. We are the smart choice. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Before we wrap up our show, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be? I ask you, without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as our lucky Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. This one is short and sweet. Kind of like me. <laughs> You're a giant in my eyes. <laughs> well, thanks, Ann. Uh, let's start at Gulfstream. They have a 12 race card today, and race six is a maiden special weight. It's one mile on the turf, a purse of $89,000 for three-year-olds. Ten horses are set to visit the starter today, including number six, Mythic Performance, who makes the potent third time off the layoff angle. This guy has two lifetime starts, both on the synthetic surface, with a third-place finish in his debut, then a good second-place finish on December 28th. Trainer Brian Lynch has been red-hot at Gulfstream, winning at a 30% clip, and adds Lasix to Mythic Performance today, which is a 21% move. This guy is by Oscar Performance, who is a multiple grass stakes winner on the grass, and getting back to trainer Brian Lynch, he is 20% with horses going synthetic to turf, 21% 21% first Lasix, and 21% with horses off 31 to 60 days. So Gulfstream Park, race six, number six, Mythic Performance. Santa Anita has another 10 race card today, and race nine is a competitive $16,000 claiming event. It's five and a half furlongs on the dirt for a purse of $25,000. 11 horses have been entered, including number 10, Mr. Beams, a lightly raced four-year-old with seven lifetime starts. Mr. Beams was last seen on December 29th, where despite being off for 60 days, he finished a nice second after being bet down to 3-1 to one odds in that event. Since that December 29th race, trainer Tim Yachtin has worked Mr. Beam five times, and the last four works are at five furlongs, and three of them are back-to-back. Tim Yachtin is 19% and an impressive $3.61 on horses making their second start after being off 180 days. So Santa Anita, race nine, number 10, Mr. Beams, not to be confused with Mr. Bean. Woodbine Mohawk Park has an 11 race card tonight, and race six is an, again another example of a pony's pick that didn't deliver last week and is bet back tonight. Race six is a one mile pace, a purse of $21,000. Ten horses are entered, including number seven, Larceny. Our ponies pick last week that was well bet and didn't deliver as this guy was roughed up on the outside. Larsoncy was parked outside in a 55 and 4 half and faded to ninth. And despite being roughed up, Larsoncy was still only beaten two lengths at the finish. Larsoncy is reunited tonight with friend of the show James McDonald, who was in the bike two starts back and he finished a good second. 
This guy has taken money in both of his starts since a short layoff from November to January and looks primed to race well tonight with a better trip. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race six, number seven, Larceny. You are amazing, Larry Simpson. You are a winner for sure in my eyes and, of course, the listeners. Thanks for everything. See you next Saturday. And a quick shout-out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. Hi, Mark. (laughs) Goodbye, and thank you all for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Just a little reminder, if you would like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, and, by the way, a new one will be released shortly, please email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com and try not to forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign. It's important. Don't horse around with lymphoma. For more information on this, please go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies and donate to this worthy cause. Stay with 105.9 The Region all weekend long. Thank you for that and uh, thank you for listening. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.